This week's episode is brought to you by the Talk Buster podcast. Every episode, Chris Chipman and a guest reminisce of their time working for Blockbuster. Now, even if you've never worked for a Blockbuster, I guarantee you'll find the stories both hilarious and relatable. One of my personal favorite stories was when he had a guest retelling his time of working at a porn shop the day before Christmas when they were just packed to the gills. So, listen to the Talk Buster podcast on all your favorite platforms today. This week's episode is brought to you by the Talk Buster podcast. Every episode, Chris Chipman and a guest reminisce of their time working for Blockbuster. Now, even if you've never worked for a Blockbuster, I guarantee you'll find the stories both hilarious and relatable. One of my personal favorite stories was when he had a guest retelling his time of working at a porn shop the day before Christmas when they were just packed to the gills. So, listen to the Talk Buster podcast on all your favorite platforms today. Hello and welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Axel Wright, and with me as always is... Is this easy listening with Lord Commander Ulrich? Uh, apparently, yeah. I don't know. I felt like uh, trying to be smooth. I, I, I'm one of those people that finds my own voice quite annoying. I do a podcast. Woohoo! So, I don't know. I just want to see if maybe maybe it sounds a little better if I just take the edge off just a bit, you know? I feel like you need smooth jazz. I am not opposed to that idea. I love me some smooth jazz. So we're recording multiple things today, so I'm not going to ask you how you are. Uh, I will tell you that I am doing just fine. I am in the middle of a vacation, actually. I took uh, some days off this week in addition to the you know holiday coming up, and I'm just using it mostly to catch up on some games that I'm having a hard time you know making progress on. I'm going to take at least one day to go out and see like a handful of movies, like maybe I'll finally see Joker, and either I'll love it and be able to argue with people who don't like it, or uh, more likely I think I won't like it, and I'll be able to have a legitimate reasons why but you know i also want to see beautiful day in the neighborhood uh and knives out so there there are a handful of movies i, I want to see so that's that's how i'm doing today is i'm just like planning out that stuff there is no reasonable discourse about joker at this point it's gone yeah i totally believe that anyway before we get into our topic we're gonna do our you know thank our patrons for their ongoing support as we always do even in bucklers such as these it's important to us so the list i have in front of me that ulrich has provided is pam galley marquee chris chipman river galley krug reed d steven and arthur crane now if you'd like to become a patron just head on over to our patreon geeks with shields it only costs you 25 cents an episode, and that goes a long way towards helping us with this podcast. Anyway, Ulrich, what are we talking about today? I really want you to say, my name is Fraser Crane, and I'm listening. My name is Fraser Crane, and I'm listening. There you go. That's for your Fraser fans out there. So this is going to be an interesting episode, because this is something we've kind of wanted to talk about for a while, and it's going to get serious, and it might get unpleasant. We're going to talk about toxicity and fandom. All right, here's the thing about that. I have been part of several fandoms that are exceptionally toxic, and it's actually turned me against fandom as a concept in general. So even though I'm still a fan of those things. <laughs> yeah, I've never really 
been a fan of the idea of fandoms because I've never got the idea of defining any aspect of myself by the thing I'm into. That was always a bit well. Then, well, me. then here, let me let me make it. Let me explain that to you real quick because th- I'm some. I went to my first anime convention when I was uh, 15, and there, there's a very simple way to explain this. I was afraid of dancing, like I think most teenage boys. It's just a normal, I think, think uh, a normal thing, right? But at that anime races, I was with my girlfriend, my first girlfriend at the time. She actually got me to go, and on the third day. There was a uh, an anime rave, essentially. And something about being in that room with all these people who were part of this, you know, anime fandom with me, it it took all of the anxiety off. I, you know, that feeling of this is community and no one's judging. There's 700 people in this room all dressed in costumes and all dancing. No one cares. Allowed me to not just dance, but get into a dance off with someone where people like were surrounding us. And, and you know, my, my point is that that is a microcosm of the strength of fandoms when they're doing what's good about them. It is that sense of community. It's not necessarily defining yourself by the object of the fandom. It's defining yourself by the feeling, by that community of being, uh, of being in that fandom. I say it's the same way the, the people can define themselves by being from or uh, can find that sort of feeling in sharing a town. You know, I think that's where a lot of like sports actually stuff comes in. It's like, you know, you're, it's a team's town, but anyway, or, uh, or nationality or, you know, it's, you know, different levels, but it's the same principle at work here, theoretically. Yeah, and I get that. I'm just, I've never really found myself in that. I mean, I've been adjacent to, and probably the closest I am to any, you know, fandom as any longtime listener of the podcast knows, is 40K. And you all know my thoughts about the fandom of 40K, which is kind of what we're here to talk about. All right. Uh, I have several stories for mine, but since you brought up your fandom first, why don't you, uh, what is your experience with toxicity in the 40K, Warhammer 40K fandom? Anyone who's had any real interaction. Oh, sorry. Can I interrupt you for just a second? I know I just asked you a question. I apologize. The word toxicity is a really weird word in our current uh, conversational climate in that it's very easy to use it to uh, overstate or understate. So it's some people have felt like the word has begun to lose meaning because it applies to everything. While other people feel like it's the only word that properly conveys the connotations that are required. So I don't have say a definition in front of me, but I'm going to say that for purposes of our discussion, I feel like toxicity is a spreading or a more prevalent behavior within a fandom that seeks to damage or results in the reduction of the well-being of members of said group. That's, Would you say that's fair? Yeah, that, that's fair. Yeah, I'd go with that. Okay, now continue. Yeah, if you've ever interacted with the 40k community, it's mostly online. There's a little bit in store, and I'll talk about that a bit later, but it's mostly online. And the first one, the most common one, is gatekeep. And for those of you who don't know what gatekeeping is, gatekeeping is a thing that is pervade nerddom forever. And it's the, you must know this much or be into this thing that I like this much to be considered a true fan. Ugh, I, yeah, gatekeeping I, is horrible in any situation. There, there's something to be said about like 
I, I understand the impulse that if you're with people who are of a like minded and you know you know more about said thing it can feel it's almost intoxicating appropriate word considering the conversation so <laughs> and then yeah that turning that into a you know you are not on my level unless you know this to me has always felt counterintuitive it's like if i'm into this thing why do i want to exclusively have it just for me i feel like getting more people into it and it's like all right you're into this thing you don't know too much about it all right yeah come on let's get you to learn more about it not oh you don't know enough about this thing so i'm gonna shut you off right now which doesn't make any sense when you think about it because at some point everyone doesn't know anything about that thing you know but. oh yeah and there there's a direct line of that because again largely online with warhammer and the online community, the biggest reason to gatekeep is, well, if we let people in that don't understand the universe, they're going to ruin it. They're going to change it. They're going to make it different than how I like it. And Evolution. Uh, Sorry. That's yes. a normal process. <laughs> and the best part about 40K and its currency, now it's growing, now it's changing, is it has decided to stop caring about that. It has decided, you know what? We're going to do things. We're going to have more female characters. We're going to do more things that, you know, branch out. We're going to try to bring kids into this. We're going to change this because we are tired of being limited to people that don't get that the fascist aspect of 40K is not meant to be taken seriously or emulated. Because that is another big problem with the 40K community. There is a bunch of people that do not realize that the fascism of the Imperium is not a good thing. It feels like the grim, dark nature of 40k is supposed to be in a giant blinking. You know, they this the the Imperium of Man is a bad system. Yes, <laughs> and the whole grim, dark is kind of a joke. It is supposed to be like Edge Lord. It's meant to be poked fun at, going, "You aren't supposed to take this seriously." It is so over the top that you kind of laugh at it. And the problem is in again, big section of the online community, is they cling to that. They cling to the unpleasantness and the nastiness and the, and I'm quoting here, anti-SJW ideals of it. Oh, uh, okay. Um, for a quick sidebar here, the term social justice warrior, to me, is how that got turned into something that people think is an insult is mind-boggling me. Because basically the definition of that term is uh, someone who sees... You know, unfairness or imbalance of propriety with people in a society and fights uh, risking themselves in order to correct or make it better for various numbers or for the various people involved in said society. Everything about that definition to me is a good thing, regardless of whether you have the constitution to be a warrior or not. So I find anyone who uses the term SJW as an insult to be moronic, personally. No, that's a red flag, like, and nothing of value will be said after saying SJW unironically. Anyway. So, yeah, there's that. And in 40K, I have three topics that I will not discuss, will not bring up, that can never bring anything good. These, these are proven time and time again. And this tells you a little bit about the community. One, never mention female space marine. Okay. Because there is just a burning vitriolic hatred for the idea of making one of the iconic factions have females in them because they weren't written that way originally and there's a whole bunch of stuff and there's various reasons but a lot of it boils down to i don't want girls touching my stuff and i'm not super into the warhammer 40k community but to me it's like the it'd be very easy in my estimations 
to just make all space Marines genderless. They go through such crazy biochemical engineering anyway that I wouldn't strike me as like, I think it'd be just fine. Be like, yeah, women can be chosen to become space Marines. But by the time that women or men go through the space Marine process, they aren't women or men. They're not even really human at that point anyway. It's ironic because when they launched age of Sigmar, the fantasy version, their version of space Marines are, you know, both have men and women, and it's not a big deal. They're just like, yeah, they've been reforged the Ultimate Warriors, and no one cares about gender because it's totally pointless at this point. Yeah. So anyone who's, uh, I feel like anyone who gets piss, pissy about uh, women in, you know, some fictional, like, group that, I, I don't know. It's like, those are all layovers from when, you know, these things were made back in the 80s, and it was it was more... it was more predominantly a male thing and it's like as far as i'm concerned you're if you're cutting off an entire half of your potential market that's just bad for you know the consumers and the business and the product and eh. anyway i can go and i could go into a whole rant you know the sisters of battle rebuttal but i'll mainly put this in they recently relaunched the sisters of battle line and as the female equivalent people go well they have sisters of battle why do you mean female space marines and they made the new sister battle less sexualized they were like i don't like them they're ugly now (laughs) (laughs) oh oh. not gonna go into no it it fits into this conversation perfectly though it's like that's that's misogyny misogyny is directly uh is directly toxic it is toxic to a community entirely. Misogyny yeah, is there's, mental there's illness. There's a fair degree of misogyny in Warhammer. There's a lot of nastiness. Number second topic you do not discuss because it never brings anything good is moving the narrative forward. And right now we're in the Isn't middle of this. Isn't that what every release is supposed to do? For the long, No, no, no. For the longest time, they kind of, Games Workshop and the Warhammer kind of kept, you know, same general spirit. Nothing big happened. Nothing new happened. No new lore changes. It was the same stuff. And then recently, they did the whole big thing. They brought back a Primarch. They did Primaris. They made this whole new thing. They added new lore. And everyone's like, I don't like this new lore. It's dumb. It doesn't confine, you know, fit with what I have in my head. And new people are getting into my hobby because this new thing is bringing them in. And I don't like it for made-up reasons. Okay. Yeah, we go back to gatekeeping because this is new. New people are coming in. There's lore they don't know by heart yet. They don't like the new so lore because the it's different thing? than what they know. The third thing, you don't bring up Arch Warhammer. What's Arch Warhammer? <laughs> Arch Warhammer is a very, very popular Warhammer fantasy 40k YouTuber that embodies the first two things I've mentioned and then some of the nastiest elements of the hobby. Oh, so he's like... Um, he is the oh, most... I can't think of any good example. He's like, I watch, I watch uh, H-Bomber guy's stuff, and he frequently likes to tear down people like... Uh, Oh, he has a term for it, but these these horrible, you know, kind of YouTubers who normally he he aims at people who use terms like soy boy and white genocide and and those chuckle oh, fucks. Yeah, those, those are but, uh, all in Arch's lexicon. So there are three groups of people I have found when you deal with Arch and that what that represents. There are the people that you know have realized that this man uses terms like SJW and feminazi way too frequently for it to be ironic also starts interacting with other you know out and out fascist 40k people a bit too much and you go oh this dude's drinking the kool-aid it's hilarious to me that sorry sidebar Ulrich actually has a warhammer imperium of man tattoo because warhammer's a really big thing to him but you know you've listened to enough of us probably to know that we are very anti 
actual fascism. We say fuck Nazis a lot on on this channel. And people have actually like who don't know any better, you know, will see Ulrich's tattoo and assume that he is got more pro-fascist beliefs and it's like no, I love this fiction, but I recognize that actual fascism is fucking horrible. Sorry. I no, no. <laughs> yeah, and I'll circle back to that in my closing thought. So there's that group, and they're like, no, fuck Arch. He is a Nazi and should not – he represents everything wrong with me. There's a second group that's like, I don't see that. I'm just here for his lore videos. Haven't looked at it. Then there's the third group that loves everything he loved. They love that he uses feminazi. They love this narrative that Games Workshop is ruining their hobby by inserting female characters and diversity and all this stuff. And they love this idea that, you know, they as white males are being oppressed. There's so much. I, oh. And here's the problem with Warhammer and why I talk about Warhammer so much and why I rally against this is so many people I've interacted with see Warhammer and go, oh, those guys are all Nazis because the loudest voices are the literal fucking Nazis. And it's like, no, 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 that's hey, not that, that, remember. Not yeah, I don't know if I shared the story on, uh, you know, on recording, but I, I told Ulrich and Chippa how uh, a white supremacist came up to me and started trying to tell me about his organization and the key, and I know this, the, the reason why he did why he thought he could talk to me about that was because I was wearing a Mjolnir. And it's like, so I'm I'm very familiar with the, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, as far as I'm concerned, this symbol has fuck all to do with what you're talking about. And I'm actually insulted that you think it does. <laughs> oh yeah, and we could have a whole discussion about the toxicity attached to Vikings and Viking fandom. But, and that is kind of why we shifted our 40K talks to bringing on positive 40k creator going no these are the people you need to listen to they're good people they're nice people they do not represent this nastiness and i just i don't like it and it's dying away little by little but there are still people they get mad at any changes to the hobby anything not grim dark enough there was a literal riot online when they launched a children's book series to bring the kids in like well that's not grim dark enough they're gonna you know find all the terrible stuff of warhammer 40k and just run away like then we don't need that. If people cannot come into this without being jaded, angry, goth assholes, this game isn't worth it. Oh, all right, you have any uh, any closing thoughts before I go into some of my stories? Yeah, I've got a great story that to me sums up all this because a lot of times people go, well, that's just online. That's just the way it is. It's nothing to be things. I, and my old hobby shop was great. We never had this problem. We could discuss the upcoming Marvel 40K deal and not scream they're going to put princesses in the universe. But recently, I went to a hobby shop here and I was walking around, you know, looking at stuff. And Slagathor came in about five minutes after me and she went to the back and she saw they had her army stuff and she was excited and she's looking around. One of the employees walks up to her, gives her a look and then says, do you know what you're looking for? Do you need any help? Are you sure? This, you know, whole tone implying that what are you doing in the games workshop section? You're a girl. She turned to him, looked at him, said, I have four armies at home. Go away. I was about to say, uh, did she invoke her chaos lord against him? And it was just this brilliant thing. It's like, I haven't experienced this. This is, um, I mean, you hear about stories like this. And it shouldn't be that she should be able to walk into a games workshop without being questioned on, what are you doing here? You're a girl. And no, I, do, I love... Warhammer, I love Star Wars, I love Marvel, I love so many big fandoms, but I am sick 
and tired of this toxicity, namely the misogyny and the racism that runs just under the surface. So that that's my piece. That is the venting of my spleen in one of the hobbies that I have. And you know, that stuff is way worse than a lot of the stuff that I have dealt with. Um, not kidding when I've dealt with these same things. So to... I, I don't have any one fandom that I've experienced this with the most, but I've been through a number of fandoms that I've become disillusioned with for various reasons. Um, quick, the the four or the three big ones that I have went through that all um, went bad for various reasons are the My Little Pony Friendship is Magic fandom, the Undertale fandom, and the Steven Universe fandom. Now, so here's the thing. Start off with uh, My Little Pony, which I'm not really into anymore anyway sometime around season five i stopped like the, the series quality just not that interesting to me but that one right uh mostly it was it wasn't even yeah online stuff was bad but it was mostly like i would go to group like supposed meetings within town and there was a level of oh, how do i put this uh uber seriousness that bothered the hell out of me. And this this was so this is something that I think is, is uh, toxic is when people can't um take jokes about their fandom, you know, or about their their thing, right? Like me and my friends, me and three of my friends who were all into this at the same time went to a, this gathering and we were making, you know, just some lighthearted jokes that were, you know, shared community jokes. And we had several like other people give us these really dirty looks and and basically uh you know start trying to do us the lecture on like no this is serious business and and it just it felt really weird to me it's like this is a cartoon about you know and about animals like why are you treating this like it's the goddamn bible or something anytime someone tries to lecture you about the seriousness of a fictional thing you've really got to take a step back and go okay why is this based on real events? Is this, no, this is totally made up wholesale? Then why the fuck are you telling me I'm not taking this seriously enough? Also, just because something isn't aimed at you doesn't inherently make it bad or good. And the reason I bring that up is acknowledging that that show was made with its target audience as girls under the age of like 12 isn't a bad thing. It's just a fact. So it's like you bring that up. And, and someone's like, like, it's personally insulting them. It's like, no, that's it's not a bad thing or a good thing. It's just something to keep in mind of why it's an explanation of why things happen the way they are. And it's okay to be into things that aren't aimed directly at your demographic. Anyway, with, uh, with Undertale, that toxicity was primarily about what I'm going to call, um, oh, I lost the word. It, it's like not stuck upness or uh, pride, but it's, like a feeling of being better than superiority. Superiority, sure. Undertale fandom had a has, and it's better now, but still has has had a major problem with superiority. And I admit, I actually fell into the hole of this at first because it's very easy to to fall into this trap. For anyone who doesn't know, Undertale, well, I don't know how you would. The thing was fucking huge, but. It's a little indie game of this guy, Toby Fox. It's a, you know, like old fashioned, like 16 bit RPG about a child that falls underground and goes on an adventure with monsters. Except one of the interesting things about the game is that you don't have to kill anything. And the level to which you kill creatures actually changes certain events within the game. 
So now what I've learned when I try to get someone to play it is I tell them, hey, this is a choice kind of game. Play it however you want, but you will get the most out of the game by trying to play through the first time without killing anything. But see how I've, I, I have to carefully construct that sentence where I'm like, I'm not telling you anything is right or wrong or you know correct, but this is what I am suggesting. And the reason I had to do that is because it was so easy early on for me and other people within the community to be like, oh, if you're if you're killing anything, you're playing it wrong and you're a horrible person. And this game's actually a litmus test for whether or not you're a sociopath and basically these nonsensical, insane bullshit. You know what I mean? Circling back to what I said earlier, is your thing fictional? Yes. Then you have to dial in how serious you are supposed to take it. Yeah, exactly. So that one, I, I've, uh, and again, I still love Undertale, but I just kind of backed away from the community because the community became just a a uh, a giant argument of like whether or not it's okay to do certain things within the game. Like I personally, right, believe that if you do a genocide run, that's the only way to quote unquote lose at the game. But when I say lose the game, I mean the same way that like quitting in Tetris is the only way to lose at Tetris. It has no like effect on who you are as a person. It's just a game, you know? So I'm not trying to criticize anyone, but I like a lot of the argue, a lot of the conversation became about that kind of shit and I got tired of it. But the thing that got me to absolutely like quit concept of fandoms entirely is Steven Universe because Steven Universe is my favorite television show. I'm really Period. curious how this one went so wrong because it seems geared that no, this should all be good. But then again, children's show that people take way too seriously and then try and justify their love of it through unpleasantness, shall we say. Yeah, yeah. And so here's the thing about Steven Universe. It is still my favorite television show at this exact moment of recording. It's my favorite television show, period. But I stopped being involved in the community at all a while back when... So first of all, the, the, the first seeds of the problem, right, were... Um, it is kind of gatekeeping, but it was more like straight up gatekeeping based on ownership, which is there were people who were claiming that the show belongs to certain types of people and thus oh. should not even be like, should not even be like watched or enjoyed at all by other groups of people. And you know what? Those particular groups of people were saying that I actually can understand where they were coming from because there aren't a lot of shows that, we're for them. I'm being vague on purpose, but oh, that doesn't. Yeah, let's not step on this landmine. Yeah, but it's also like it's a show for anyone, and I don't understand this necessity of like you know trying to again. I don't understand exclusivity when it comes to this kind of thing. So that was just the beginning, and none of that was really too bad. But what this ended up leading to was. There was an event, and this wasn't. There was more than one of these, but there was one that was really well publicized, where someone like drew fan art of one of the characters in a way that was a little more Anglo-normative than the character is. And yeah, you could argue that that's not that cool, but it is their own fan art, and they're doing it for themselves. And then, like they were saying, this is how it should be. Whatever. But the response to this person putting their like fan art out, and it was pretty good fan art too, like they were a good artist, was a, a flood of death threats. <laughs> 
and and like horrible horrible male uh accosting this person for daring to to uh what's the term to whitewash essentially a you know such an important non-white character and you know what i i love that character as for who she is and yeah i don't think that i'm not interested in seeing a whitewash version of the character but that's no reason to flood someone's like inbox with hate mail and violent threats this is a fictional thing this is not the level of dedication it deserves yeah exactly and i don't know if there's anything that really deserves this level of dedication this is how nazis get started no exasperate uh, hyperbole involved yeah and then i literally have a friend like in this like that that story was for someone i didn't know just read about but i have a someone i do know that drew a a straight up uh blonde with like straight hair version of garnet because she herself has blonde straight hair so she was drawing a picture of herself as garnet and she got the same thing a, a deluge of people uh threatening and insulting her and it's like I get why you're not into that kind of art. I'm not really into that kind of art either, but I'm not fucking threatening anybody over it, you know? Yeah, and this is the stuff we're talking about. It's like this takes fun out of being part of a fan and being able to share these things. When people are forming cults of ideas around this thing they love, it's like, oh, God, this isn't fun anymore. And then worse, this is what gets picked up by everybody outside, and they go, oh, you like that? Well, you must be part of that. No, 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 not, not, no, not, not me. And for the love of God, do not go with the, well, we're not all that way. Go with the own it. I'm sorry. As a 40K fan, I own it all the time. I'm like, yeah, we've got some real shitty people involved. But there's a lot of good people as well. And these are the good people. And this is why we like this thing. That is what yeah. I want more people to do with fandom and its toxicity is acknowledge there is shitty parts to it. Because there is shitty parts to every fandom. But do not have the knee-jerk reaction be going, well, we're not all that way. No, no, no. Accept the shit and say, yeah, this sucks but I'm not part of that, and here are good people that are in the same group as me. There's also an extremist mentality in fandoms in general that does no one any good. So, like, to use the Steven Universe as an example, as the, the show currently, at time of speaking, has finished five seasons and a movie with an epilogue series on the way. Like, the show's going to be finished. But the, the last episode of those five seasons and the movie together have led to a noticeable contingent of what was the steven universe fan base to make claims like the show is trash now or the show is dead the show is i literally oh, saw a video classic. once yeah i literally saw a video say like the show is garbage for garbage people i saw that in my recommendations list and i was like that's such an extreme okay so to give someone a frame of reference, one of the basic concepts, right, that people were arguing or that were complaining about in this is that at the end of Steven Universe, the three major antagonists who were basically space fascist tyrants all uh, come around to, quote unquote, the side of good, essentially. And they do it without any sort of, like punishment necessarily and there's this whole group of people that's basically their argument is uh no they got off too easy and they should be you know punished for their crimes and i'm sitting here like you know the show is about love empathy forgiveness understanding and these three characters are meant to represent three nearly irredeemable beings who are redeemed and then moving forward try to do better so why you have this burning need to see these fictional characters punished for fictional crimes, I 
I don't know. It just it felt really weird and really gross to me. You know, it's like People you cannot bring their own weird baggage into it, and those are the ones you got to worry about. Yeah, it's like you cannot like the thing. That's fine, but then saying it's for garbage people, and you know what? I'm going to say right now, I have been guilty of this with other things, and I have learned my lesson. Like I used to be the kind of person who said that uh, you know things like keeping up with the Kardashians was for you know insert insult here, but now I have a better understanding of. Like, okay, why is someone into essentially reality TV or whatnot? And so I try to be very careful with my my vocabulary now. It's like, no, this, the show isn't for me, but I'm not going to insult someone else who likes the show. Basically, the only line that crosses is if you're watching something that's actively advocating, you know, hate speech or violence or something like that, then we're going to have a problem. But otherwise, it's like, yeah, like whatever you like. And if I don't like it, that's fine. You can continue to like it. I'm not going to insult you for liking it, you know? My rule of thumb is simple. Does this hurt me? No. Does this hurt someone else? No. Then I do not need to get involved. Now, if it is hurting me or if it is hurting somebody else, then there's a whole other checklist you go down. But for the most part, there is never this level of commitment required that we see so often. I mean, we haven't wanted to talk about Star Wars since it came out because of the last Jedi debacle. That burned us out. Like, nope, done. There's nothing to be said about it. There's nothing good to be said about it because it's just no. What's funny about that is that Auric and I basically had um, – we were like a microcosm of what was the argument and that both of us like enjoyed the movie – but I liked it more, and I didn't have the same problems Ulrich had. And we had, I thought, a relatively fine conversation about, oh, about like what was what was good, what was bad, and and then it turned into this like nightmare thing online where you can't get involved in the conversation without people like accosting you or don't again saying these extreme like comments about you know things being ruined or dead and anyone who says get woke go broke to me can fuck off that's so. another you know nothing of value was said you know the anyone that says sjw or feminazi unironically get woke go broke or it's your boy those are just just tune out nothing of value will be gained yeah so Anyway, uh, we could I could literally continue ranting because I've been in other fandoms that have problems. Uh, I, you know what? Actually, one more thing. Really funny. I used to you know talk about like um, what happened with the Steven Universe and the Undertale fandom. And Stevie, who's been on the the channel uh, only I think twice, I'd love to get him on again. Um, but he had been talking to me about like he didn't really. He'd, he'd make fun of it. He, like, he'd make jokes about it because that's what we do. You know, we're friends. We make jokes about shit. And then he got really into Rick and Morty in season one. And then that community went over a goddamn cliff. <laughs> I don't even really, I've never been able to get into Rick and Morty, but I know that the fandom has become infamous for it's just set it all on fire and let it burn. Mentality. Well, plus, it has the same problems as the undertale fandom of superiority like the worst yeah, parts seen, of the rick and morty fandom i've seen a lot of people go rick and morty's fandom is the perfect diagram to view toxic fandom through because it covers all of the key bases you know what's great about rick and morty specifically is, and i've and steven universe did this too i love actually my little pony did this too now i think about it as well i there's this new thing where the the creators of the thing that is the fandom will make 
a part of the thing that is a direct rebuttal to those worst parts of their fandoms. In uh, in My Little Pony, it was an episode where there was literally a group of characters who basically read stories about the main characters and then were saying all the worst like criticisms that the the worst parts of the community do and then so the characters got to directly rebuttal it in steven universe there's this character ronaldo who there's this episode where he basically makes his own gem sona so he's a steven universe fan within steven universe and he's the worst kind of fan and then steven gets to directly rebuttal like you are being an ass he doesn't say that because you know kids show but he he does and then in rick and morty in just this recent uh season episode one there was literally Rick goes into a parallel universe where everyone is Nazis and Nazi Morty is basically just the worst parts of the Rick and Morty fandom, even right down to saying like, oh, I don't like politics in the adventures and it should just be, a you know, like just the adventure. And so then Rick has a Misi kill him. So this is like, this is Dan Harmon saying, this is what I think of you, the worst parts of the fandom. So, and I don't know, I just... That makes me giddy when the when the creators have the balls to be like, oh yeah, we recognize the toxicity, and we're going to give them a giant middle finger in one of our episodes. And so many times they just it kind of goes over their heads and they continue along. But at least I think that, that much like this was a venting of the spleen, just getting all this out there, making declarations, and basically saying we are so sick and fucking tired of this bullshit let me enjoy the things i want again without having to tell, fuck off nazis get the fuck out of here no one likes you <laughs> especially nazis yeah get, get nazis the fuck out of my fandom they, they cross the line I, like i'm gonna yeah fuck you <laughs> they're just everywhere now they're in so many things i love it's like a termite infestation and i'm not okay with it same anyway on that the de increasingly depressing note <laughs> why don't we uh we move on and look well do we have any i think i said my wrap-up thoughts my, my wrap-up thoughts are basically i i love things right I, I love things that there are fandoms of i will still engage in fandom activities with my friends like my actual friends but i don't do forums uh i don't do like i go to anime oasis which is a convention nearby my where i live every year because i like to see panels with voice actors and stuff but i don't really engage in fandom activity anymore outside of just my close friends and i'm not going to get on anyone else's case for liking a thing they like or not liking a thing i like but i i just i don't want to hear it if you're gonna you know bitch at me for for liking a certain thing right like example i hate crimes of grindelwald but if you like it i actually envy you i'm not going to tell you you're wrong i'm going to tell you i i wish i i could be where you are man so and I, that's the perspective that i want to leave is like you know, try to be empathetic, try to be able to, you know, feel with other people. And I think in general that leads to, you know, less toxic behavior, right? You know, consider other people and consider your community, keep your shit to yourself if it's going to be like harm. I don't know. I, I, I'm not an expert on this, man. I'm just rambling. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I'm just going to repeat what I said earlier. We all have toxic elements in our fandom. They do not go away by saying, well, I'm not part of that, or that's only a small part, or that only. Do not excuse it. Accept it and say, yeah, that sucks, but here's the positive stuff. Put the positive stuff forward and put the negative shit behind you and light it on fire. All right, I like that better. Anyway, thank you for listening. Be sure to you know, listen to us BS about something. I think we both want to get this off our chest for a while, especially considering that once we got into podcasting as a thing, we engage with fandoms a little more often than I think we used to. But 
thank you for you know listening be sure to like share subscribe do all those various things that as a content creator i am obliged to ask you to do and you know those things actually do uh, help us out in in one way or another or takes care of more of that than i do but i do know that it certainly helps us stress <laughs> but the more people see this that's you know the most important thing then the more we can grow and the more we grow we can do more things we've got you know ideas so it's not just like a, a blanket statement there are potential things that we can do but we're not there yet so you know help us out Ulrich, what platforms can they help us out with? Uh, you can help us out by following us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Cast, preferably all of them because numbers are numbers. And if there's one on there that you love that we aren't on, let us know so we can get on there because we want to be all the places that you are. All right. As always, this has been Axel Wright. And it's your brother, Lord Commander Ulrich. Be sure to tune in next time. And as always, stay honorable.